Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by U of M Grizz, Lady Lady Grizz basketball coach, Brian Holzinger. How are you doing today? Doing great, thanks. Glad to be on your show. Of course, thanks for coming on this morning. So, my first question is kind of a blanket question I have to everybody, but what first got you into coaching? Uh, that's a good question. You know, it was, it was kind of interesting. I was... I, I played, of course. Um, and so I played, it's been, coaching's been in my family. And, um, but I was actually headed to medical school and um, all the way through, took the MCAT, the whole thing. And, and just, I don't know, just wasn't ready to go back to school. And so I had a connection down in uh, Southern California at a small Christian college. And, and he, uh, the coach there at the master's now it's the master's university it used to be the master's college. He called and said, Hey, what, why don't you come try coaching? And I'm like, all right. So I packed up my car and I tried, I went down and, and just kind of did it on a whim. Um, wasn't really planning on it. And 20 some years later, 20 plus years later, I'm still doing it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So what intrigued you the most about the U of M job there in Missoula when you took it a couple of years ago? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's only actually just been over a year, barely. I took it about in May. Um, I got it in May about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, I, I coached a long time in the PAC 12. I was 13 years as an assistant slash associate head coach in the PAC 12. And um, I think for me, I was always looking number one to, to stay in the Northwest. I'm from the Northwest. I love, I love the West in general. And so I never was looking to go anywhere else, but I was looking for a job where women's basketball mattered. Um, and I, I coached in a place where it didn't. And I coached in a place where it really was important. And there's a gigantic difference in that. Um, and here, because of the, um, obviously the legendary coach, Robin Selvig, um, because of him, women's basketball was very important here in the community to this university. And so for me, uh, being being able to stay in the Northwest, my wife's from Spokane, uh, which is not too far away, and also just going to a place where where the name Lady Grizz Basketball means something, and it's important to the state. For sure, for sure. So that kind of leads me into a little bit of a follow-up question. How did being an assistant at a Power 5 school help you now become the head coach? Yeah, I mean, I think every stop along the way helps you become the kind of coach you want to be. And so, you know, from my very first assistant coaching gig down at, at the Masters College at the time to being a head coach at Montana Tech uh, for two years, I was a head coach in the Frontier Conference, which is a great conference, um, to being in the Pac-12 for so long. I think every stop, you just you learn some things that you want to do, you learn some things that you don't want to do, and and then you kind of apply your, your own little... Uh, your touch, your own touch to it as a, as a person, you know, and the best advice I got is, is be yourself. And so I had some unbelievable mentors along the way from Ken Sugarman down at the master's college to June Doherty um, at Washington state university to, um, to Scott Ruick, obviously at Oregon state and learned so much about each one of those things. And I think, you know, along the way, the most important, Again, players are most important. You can be as good a coach as you want to be. If you don't have the players, it just it 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 rears its ugly head at some point. And so, you know, recruiting at that level, uh, I was fortunate to be pretty successful at recruiting a lot of really good talent um, in the Pac-12. And so, all those connections have helped me dramatically at this. You know, be, being here at the University of Montana. For sure, for sure. So, <clears throat> excuse me. How have you felt you've done as? the lady Grizz head coach in your first little bit over a year. Yeah. You know, I, I, more than anything, I was trying to develop a culture and culture is kind of a big buzzword these days. 
And, you know, for me, I was just trying to develop. There's a couple of things that I, that I coach by team first, academic excellence, um, character and integrity, and then competitive greatness. And those four things are just trying to establish in a, in a, in a culture. And so you do that with leadership at the top, down to your staff in, and then into the players. And, and then you do that through recruiting as well. And so establishing a culture, we've began to establish the kind of culture that I want to be about, um, you know, obviously on the court, uh, just really rebuilding confidence and rebuilding um, a sense of team uh, in, in this program. And so we, you know, we won 19 games my first year, which was the most since uh, Robin Selvig, actually, uh, which was great. I, you know, as a coach, you're always disappointed in a few of the close losses you have and felt like, felt like we should have won a few more, but satisfied with 19 wins and, and in our first season and look to build on that this year. For sure. For sure. So you have a great player back in Carmen G feller this year. How important is it to have a player like her back in your program for yet another year? Oh, gigantic in the experience um you know like i said earlier recruiting is really everything and you're you're only you're as good as those talented players you got and and carmen's as talented as you know a player as we've had here in a while and so you know returning a first team all-league kid um she can really shoot she's one of the best you know percentage-wise spot-up shooters in the country uh and she just is so versatile she can score inside she can score outside and so the production is just um is crucial for our team to be successful, let alone her experience, you know, the experience of being there, been there, done that kind of thing. Um, and then growing as a leader, I'm really proud of how she's grown as a leader this, this off season. Um, there's, you know, of course you, you, you love the points, you love the rebounds, you love right. all those things, the big shots she hits and those kinds of things, but she's really um, taken on a big leadership role with this team and that's important to her. And so she's trying to really um, invest in the others on the team. And, and that's been a big, big jump for her this offseason. That's awesome. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit the atmosphere of coaching in Missoula and being a part of that Grizz community. So what is it like to coach your home games at the Adams Center? Oh, it's unbelievable. Have you been? I haven't. Being from Billings, it's a little bit hard to get over to Missoula. Yeah. <laughs> We need to get you over here. We need to get you over here to a Lady Grizz game. I'll tell you, you know, it's a unique atmosphere uh, because of what Robin Selvig has built here. We have a fan base that's pretty unique. You know, I was at a few other places, one at Oregon State where where we had a really good fan base there. And it just makes a huge difference. These girls are amazing basketball players. They're amazing young women. And in this community in particular, they're celebrated. And that's cool. You can't walk down the street when you're in Lady Grizz gear without having somebody say something or somebody be excited about the fact that you're here. Um, and so it just brings, it's a huge advantage. You know, we we're 12 and three last year at home. Um, and it's just our crowd. We go on the road when there's no fans and it's kind of like, what is going on? And so it's harder for us to go on the road because we have such a great home, uh, home court advantage here um, in Dahlberg arena. It's fantastic. For sure. For sure. So um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, with you saying, you know, you go to other places and there's no fans, there's a huge rivalry in our state with the Grizz Cat games. What are those games like to coach in? First of all, I'm glad you said Grizz Cat because you have to put the Grizz first. Thank you very much. Um, you know, and I think you've had Bobby on, Hauk, yep. and 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 I'm sure Bobby commented on it as well. It's awesome. I've been a part of the Apple Cup in Washington at Washington, Washington state. I've been a part of the former civil war in Oregon, Oregon state down yep. there. Those are great rivalries as well. And this is every bit that, if not 
even more, more so. Um, there's not a lot of love lost uh, from in any which way, shape or form. Uh, last year, you know, until I got here, there was a, there was quite the win streak. These, uh, these girls seniors on this, on the team last year had never beaten uh, Montana state. And so um, beating them here at home and, and beating them pretty good was such a big win. And we had over 4,000 people here and, and it was just, it was exciting. And after the game, I'll tell you, this is how much it means. After the game, I had more former Lady Grizz and the, the, the alumni of this program is what makes it really, really cool because they all played for Robin, right? They almost right. all played for Robin Selvig. And so they, I had multiple former Lady Grizz come up and just say, thank you. Thank you so much. Some fused with tears in their eyes just because it means that much to them. And so I was, I was glad, I'm so glad to be a part of it. It's just a blast. And, you know, we have a lot of respect for, for them over there. No question. We have, I know Trish for a long time and she's a really good person and uh but we definitely want to beat them <laughs> for sure for sure yeah i mean there's something about it like you said with those other you know apple cup civil war they're great rivalries but there's something with that brawl of the wild that it's like you need another level it is it's unique there's no question and i don't know if it's just like that the whole state is like we're grizz fans we're cat fans and they just kind of it's like hatred that week or I don't know what, but there's something. There is no love lost. I can promise you that. I mean, you, you know, I mean, the, the football guys, they're wearing shirts with the record on it and they have a, they have a clock in there. They have a clock that's counting down that game. I mean, it's, it means a lot to this, to this university and to that university as well. And it's fun to be a part of. For sure. So You've obviously had a long career of coaching. What has been your best experience as a coach so far? You know, it's interesting. It's a good question. I've had a lot. I've been very fortunate to have some really, really, really fun experiences in the game. Um, one overall, I mean, it's just, just traveling around the world. I've been all around the world recruiting on foreign trips on different things all around the world. So it just provided a ton of opportunity there. As far as games, um, as a head coach, obviously the game beating the beating the cats here last year was huge. But one of the one of the most fun experiences I've had, and I, again I've gone to the Elite Eight a couple times and and the Sweet Sixteen a lot, and and I you know we played at Tennessee, um, and you know the top sixteen teams host, and so we went to Tennessee, we beat Western Kentucky in the first round there, and we played Tennessee in the second round of the NCAA tournament to go to the Sweet Sixteen, and we played at their home. And what people didn't realize is they were 50, I think 51, I don't know, 50 something in O at home, had never lost in wow. the NCAA tournament at home, which is crazy to think that they had, they played that many games, but because back in the day, the, the whole, the, you know, you could hold, they hosted a bunch of games, which is crazy, but I think it was 56 in a row, 56, I think was the number. And so we go into that game and um, at, you know, Thompson Bowling Arena, we're there, and they have a good team. And we we were underseeded as a six seed. I think they were a three seed, and we beat them on their home court. Um, and it was, you know, after the game, one of the seniors wrote fifty six and one. And you know, the first time ever beating Tennessee on their home court in the NCAA tournament is a, you know, it's a it's such a storied program. And I know their co staff really well. And and it's just that win there was pretty amazing. We went on actually in the, in the next round to beat Baylor and go to the um, Elite Eight um, as well. Uh, but that game at, in, at Tennessee, which is, you know, one of the most iconic programs in the in women's basketball. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, how do you measure a successful season for the Lady Grizz this year? 
Yeah, I mean, I think for us, continuing the development of our culture, uh, we want to win championships. There's no doubt. Uh, that's the goal here. That's always been the goal here. That has not changed. It will not change. Um, but I think the focusing on the process, you know, and a lot of people say that we really do. We we focus on on every team's different. Every team's success looks different. Are you going to win every game? Probably not. So what what you know if you're if if you're constantly looking at just wins and losses, then you fail to to see, in my opinion, the big picture. Um, of course, we want to win. We want to play really good basketball. We want to be competitive. We want to continue to build toward championships. But for us, it's just the the journey. We really focus on the journey as a team. And, you know, this weekend, we'll go on our retreat this weekend. Uh, we always do a retreat every year and we'll establish ourselves as a team. What do we want to be about this year? What? And again, we the coaches don't change. I mean, we're, we're here over and over and over the teams every year change. And so this team's unique, this team's special. Uh, we'll define what that looks like for them through leadership and through different things that we'll do. And, you know, a successful season to me is like at the end of the year, when those seniors walk out and I tell people this all the time is they walk out with their families on senior night and there's tears and not, not tears because we won every game, not tears because it's easy tears because it was such a great experience in their life and they don't want it to be over. Um, and that to me is a successful season. For sure. So, you know, basketball as a whole is a grind because it's a long season. And then you add in that the big sky is just a crazy tough division from top to bottom. So how do you get your team ready for that kind of grind for three, four months? Yeah, it's funny you asked this today because yesterday I had this conversation with our team. I said, you know, I was like, look at I was like, looked at my watch and I go, it's October 3rd. I said, are you going to be perfect today? No. And if you expect to be that, you're going to be very disappointed. So, you know, I just have I try to have perspective on listen, we got to be our best in March. Yeah. Um, we got to be our best in March. And that doesn't mean that we're our best in the beginning of October at all. Uh, so if you think that's the case and you're constantly frustrated about that, then you're you're missing the mark. Um, our goal is to every day get a little bit better, continue to improve, continue to come together as a team, be the most efficient offensive and defensive team we can be. Um, the results really do take care of themselves. And so I try to keep good perspective and tell them, hey, listen, this is a long season. This team will look what we look like today. We will look completely different in, in a month and then a completely different in another month. And so just continuing to give them a, a big picture vision, uh, you know, as young people in general, they tend to see like this, this far in front of their face, right? They just don't right. see, they see literally the last shot they took and they can't think about anything else. You know, and that's my job is to give them the vision of something that's longer and, and, and more worthwhile, you know, focusing on every day, just, but we have a few practices till we get to our retreat. And then after the retreat, we'll have this next thing. And then, you know, and so it's that part of it's fun. And if you continue to focus on the big picture of this, it, it makes it a lot better. For sure. So, you know, one thing about being together so much is um, you kind of have to be friends. You kind of have to like each other a little bit. Yeah. So how do you get the team to mesh to where they do, you know, become a group together? You know, my belief is that if you, it's hard to fight for one another if you don't know each other. And in today's world, especially with phones and social media and all the things going on, I think it's harder and harder to really get to know somebody. People don't take the time to really talk to each other. And so we work really hard at, at developing those relationships through different things. We give, we give structure to it. But if you know the person you're fighting next to, 
you know, fighting for next to you. If you know them, you know where they live, you know what their families are like, you know, those things. It's easier to, to really um, not just play with each other, but just enjoy each other. Um, I really focus on the fact that it's awesome that we're different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I literally take, I, I Google map some of the places that each one of the kids are from in front of all of them. And I'm like, listen, this is where so-and-so's from. This is where so-and-so's from. We're completely, we come from completely different backgrounds, but that's amazing. Like get to know her. There's some amazing things about her. Um, and so we work hard at relationships. Uh, I would say this, this program in general is focused on relationships. I'm very relational as a coach. Um, I like that part of this, you know, it's not just X and O's. These are, these are lifelong relationships for me. And so I try to impart that to our team and we work hard at, you know, not everybody's going to be best friends. That's, and that's okay. Uh, but continue to get to and appreciate and accept one another for who each other are and how we've grown up. For sure. So part of my podcast is I want to get the word out about how to get to different programs as a recruit, hopefully. So one, who do you look for as a potential lady Grizz basketball player and how do they get in front of you of, or in front of your coaches to get recruited? I mean, in every which way you can imagine. <laughs> We've recruited kids in every which way. And so we first look at character. You know, I, you know, if you're really talented and you just are just not a good person, I don't want you here. That's the bottom line. I just don't. Um, that doesn't fit with what we are. You won't appreciate what we do, to be honest. And so we look at character. Uh, you know, what, where, what, what do you stand for? Doing the right thing, those kinds of things. Um, being unselfish. So we really, really do look for that. Um, I love good students, you know, and I know that's a cliche, but you, it's it's really nice to be able to know that our kids care about school. I cared about school, right? I always tell them I'm a professed science nerd. I love science. I'm a, I just happen to be a basketball coach, right? And so, you know, for me, that's an important part. And then obviously the talent. I mean, we're looking, I, and I tell people this all the time, I'm like, I don't care if it's at Hellgate High School down the street or if it's in India. I don't care. I'm looking for the talented kids that can help us win big sky conference titles and go to the NCAA tournament and win in the NCAA tournament. That's the ultimate goal. And and so we're looking for, for talent, of course. And so, I mean, getting in front of us as a staff, you know, we're out and about all the time, but, you know, sending emails to our staff and letting us know who you are. And, and then for us, you know, obviously, can you play and can you help us in that way is, is the most important thing. And sometimes there's really talented players that don't necessarily fit with our system or they don't necessarily fit because we have so many players at that position already. Or so there's a lot of factors that go into that um, as far as talent and which fit, but we look for character and good students. No question. Uh, I, I just believe that if you're, if you do that, first then you don't you get to coach more right you're not dealing with the academic issues you're not dealing with the things you know people doing dumb things off the off the court and now you can actually coach and focus on the things that help win for sure so my final question kind of going back a little bit because i forgot about this question but um, it came to my mind again um so you obviously have carmen g feller who's going to be a stud but who is a player on the team that maybe the average fan doesn't know do you think is going to be an unsung hero on the team this year? Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, we have some we we have some very talented kids. Sammy Fakin, you know, what was our leading scorer until she got hurt last year. Um, but ten games ago, she got hurt and didn't play, and so she was our leading scorer. She's a very good player as well as a senior. Um, Gina Markson is a transfer from Idaho, who is an All League player, freshman of the year, the Big Sky at one point. Uh, she'll be very good. But I think you know you can look down and, and look at Kat, Katarina Chineke. 
who's from Greece, who's also a senior. She's, she is unsung in a lot of ways, in my opinion, just because, you know, last year she had some defensive performances where she shut down guards on the other team that we would, we don't win the game without her def defensive effort. And I think that goes sometimes she does make spectacular plays and blocks sometimes, but, but her energy and her effort on the defensive end is just exceptional uh, without a doubt. And then we'll, we'll have some really good, we'll have some, uh, some really good freshmen who will step up and play some significant minutes too. So there's not, I don't know if there's really one person. I expect big performances all the way around. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Hey, I want to thank you so much coach Olsinger for your time yeah. this morning. It's been great to talk about the Grizz basketball program and get the word out a little bit. So thank you so much. Mitch, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on your show. And, and yeah, I hope this thing grows and gets bigger and bigger in any way we can help you out. The Lady Grizz, uh, lo we love to get our name out there and help you as much as we can. All right, great. Thanks so much and have a great rest of your day. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Hey guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports, and do I have a company I would love to highlight for you. It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person, once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And I mean, Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs.